you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And we had breaking news, but now we have breaking, breaking news. It broke the, it's breaking the internet currently. Woman in the window <laughs> is coming to Netflix, the thorn in our side. On May 14th, officially. And I know that because Netflix Film tweeted a video of Amy Adams holding a camera that said May 14th inside the lens. We could be vaccinated by, like, we're going to watch this together. No, we are, 100%. Together. I mean, the women is going to be in the window on May 14th. We thought we had to wait. Until summer. When people were talking about the light at the end of the tunnel, I didn't realize they meant Amy Adams' apartment because that's where the light is coming from, everyone. Oh my God. If I had a woman in the window themed, what would I do? What would I, if I had a woman in the window themed watching event, what would it involve? Would I give out uh, like, maybe I would buy novelty, what are they called? Binoculars that mm-hmm. have Amy Adams written all over them, and I would give them out, and we'd all look out the window with our binoculars. I bet you would get little plastic ones. Okay, and I would do, I would turn all my windows into like optical illusions that look like somebody's looking back at you from the window. I would, oh, 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 I would call my, I would figure out how to get in touch with my neighbors and have them do creepy things in their windows that we'd all watch. Oh, that's great. I'd hire actors to to go into my neighbor's houses and, you know, safely and, and reenact murder. Lindsay, you can get 12 packs of little plastic binoculars for $15. I thought you were going to say I could get people to go into my neighbor. But think about if I (sighs) if I gave out binoculars and I set up a like a murder mystery vibe across Mm -hmm. the way through the windows. And I said, come over here. Something's happening. And then we had our own woman in the window moments. (laughs) That is like the level of tension that is in woman in the window hey come over here something's happening (laughs) well she's not talking to anyone because she's by herself but it would be Lindsay, is she by herself i can't i don't know because i haven't seen it to get admittance into your apartment for this party you have to show it's like quid pro quo it's like show your vaccination vaccination card card (laughs) and here are your glasses your binoculars I just, is Netflix making any merch for this? Because if so, I'd like to be sent some. Let's move on to actual breaking news. Actual breaking news. Okay, fine. Less important breaking news. 
Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, medium time, medium time. Um, this is coming in live from my Twitter feed. It looks like Dolly Parton has taken the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, I remember this being something you two speculated on, uh, on like what celebrities need to be taking the vaccine. Yeah, I, that's it. <laughs> uh, crunch, crunch. Yes, Dolly Parton got the vaccine on camera, as we sort of suspected, but that's the most obvious guess in the world, to be honest. But it's the vaccine that she funded, and now she has it, and she sang this song. What's a Dolly Parton event without a song? Here we go, listen. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny because she is perfect in every way, but also perfect in the way that, like, nothing is precious to her. Like, mm -mm. that song is not precious to her anymore. It is a <laughs> meme, and she knows it, and she doesn't give a shit that she's going to change the words and make it just be absurd. It's You can't even parody her. She's going to parody herself first, you know? Can you imagine Barbara Streisand, like, making a vaccine parody of no. people? <laughs> never, Can you imagine never, Barbara never, never, getting never, a never. vaccine? I mean, I hope <laughs> she does, but... Please look at Dolly Parton's, like, Forever 21 top that has a hole for vaccines in it. It's so good. Wait, what? Oh, my. She's got cold shoulders. Finally, a use for cold shoulder tops. All those cold shoulder tops that you people bought when it was trendy, take these out for the vaccine. I know you probably already threw them away, but take them out. They're perfect. You, In case you couldn't tell by the calls, you are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619 who them oh briefly no call about this we've gotten plenty of calls about the bar in general but i made the nanaimo bars wait no one called about the nanaimo <laughs> well people no called, called about again? nanaimo bars but no one was like bobby make them in the nanaimo bars and give them to Lindsay. no that's just what happened i made the nanaimo bars and gave some to Lindsay. i mean they were and i'm not even i would not lie you made the new york times recipe whose recipe did you make actually let's give them a shout out sarah bonus steel's recipe they are unbelievable. They are incredible. I understand what you Canadians are talking about. I understand why Prince Harry likes this bar. It is delicious. Mm -hmm. So good. I put it in the freezer. I sometimes like go munch on it into the freezer. It. It's so yummy. Bobby did an amazing job also. I feel like it was it's a it is a complicated thing. It's com I guess the word is it's like it's complicated, but it's by no means hard. I mean, you're good at this stuff. It's not hard in like terms of like making bread. Technical like there's no skills. dough yeah. or whatever, but it is like a lot yeah. of layers. I think it just takes a little patience too. It was delicious. You really do want to get things even, but yeah. it's not hard. It is, however, unbelievably delicious. But there's a texture that is really yeah. The textures to me. are so good. It's Very three good. different textures, which you I love. You did a great job. And I'm by you, I mean Bobby and Canada. This chocolate bar is fantastic. Congratulations. Yes, thank you so, so much for convincing us that it was good because I never <laughs> would have made this without all of you. Next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. First time, longest time. So I'm just calling because you missed a couple of key facts um, about Lee Ryan. For the context, Blue really were the biggest boy band in Britain at the time. Um, the other big boy band were Westlife, who are of course Irish. Lee is very famous for the things he says. He's done a lot of reality TV. Most famously, um, Blue's label had plans to launch them in the US because they were like a pop R&B band. They did a cover of Next's Too Close. 
Um, plans were cancelled when Lee said immediately after 9-11 that animals are more important. He said something like, who gives a fuck about New York when elephants are being killed? I think he's also like a conspiracy theorist and believes in aliens. And his bandmate Anthony Costa is most famous for pissing against an ATM. Crunch, crunch. When you Google Lee Ryan 9-11, you get headlines like, Lee explains his 9-11 terrorist attack controversy. To be fair, when you Google just Lee Ryan, you do not get this stuff. So we, yes. didn't, we didn't see it. But what did he say? He was a teen and he said, who gives a fuck about New York when elephants are being killed? Animals need saving and that's more important. This New York thing is being blown out of proportion. Oh. I'm not afraid to say this. Oh. It has to be said. And that's why I'm the outspoken one for the band. I love Wait, that that's his like I'm band sorry, archetype. I'm the me? outspoken one. <laughs> I'm Lee, so and like... I'm the outspoken one. I'm sorry. I'm Billy. I'm the sensitive one. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have, like, the cute one, the rebel, and the 9-11 truther. Like, <laughs> how? <laughs> like, that is not. <laughs> the 9-11 was overhyped guy. Every group has one. The 9-11 is overhyped guy in NSYNC was definitely Chris. You think so? <laughs> like, absolutely think so? Chris. Okay. I'm not sure who it was. In oh, it was Brian and... Backstreet Boys. It was absolutely Brian and Backstreet yeah, Boys. Yeah, well, yeah. He had to apologize and he said, I said, fuck New York. Think about the elephants, the whales, the dolphins. And the son said that I said, who gives a fuck about New York? I never said that. I said, fuck New York. I didn't mean it. I was 17 years old. It's funny because the statement could have stopped anywhere, <laughs> but he kept digging. I mean, that could be said about most celebrity statements. I said, fuck New York. Not, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Stop talking. Stop talking. Just stop talking. Also notice how clear that call was. It was because it was emailed to us from an international caller. If you can't call us, you want to email a voice note, just send it to what's read up to at gmail.com and we can use it. We can play it on the show just like we did there. So FYI, you don't need to use a phone. Next call. Hi, Who Weekly. So um, it's definitely not the most important thing to know about Jimmy Butler as a basketball player, but as a sweetie. Um, the most important thing to know about Jimmy Butler is that in the NBA bubble last year, um, they had really limited options for coffee and for just like what they could have around the Disney campus. And so Jimmy Butler famously started running a coffee operation outside of his hotel room and like learned how to make espressos and was like selling pour overs to teammates and um, the other people that were in the bubble. And he called it Big Face Coffee. Um, it's very adorable. Jimmy Butler is a sweetie and a cutie. Um, I think that's a good reason to get into basketball. It's the only reason why I'm into basketball. It's because of the personalities and the friendships. I think Jimmy Butler is a great player for you all to start being a fan of for that reason. Thank you. I was like, uh, who cares about a basketball comment? But it involves coffee, so I had to dig in. I love when people are like, I know you don't care about this thing, but here's the connection that could get you to care. Let me let me tie it into either coffee or something that you guys would give a shit about. And then you're and but it's true. Like coffee or baked goods or woman in the window, you will find a reason to stand. Exactly. And especially with people who play sports, like just give us a personality trait that we love. And here's one for Bobby. This guy literally sells overpriced coffee to his teammates. <laughs> overpriced coffee, but as a bit and as like an entrepreneurial enterprise, he's in the Miami Heat. So that's why he's in Florida. But their bubble when they were, I guess, playing and practicing was in Disney World or in a Disney World hotel room. Uh huh. And so that's where they were for a very long that time. That makes sense. During to be fair, season. those were empty right. for so long. They might as well use them. That's funny. And as the caller said, there's no good coffee. So he did this interview on ESPN and he was like, yeah, I've been selling coffee out of my 
hotel room because there's no good coffee. And she's like, oh, I hear you have a French press. And he's like, no, I have everything. And he, <laughs> I'm just going to play the clip. I'm working on my coffee skills. Um, after my career, I'm, I'm opening my coffee shop. Right now, I'm charging 20 bucks a cup. So if you, if you want some, come through. People think you're joking, but you have a French press here, right? I got everything. 20 bucks a cup. <laughs> uh, small, medium, and large. All of it's $20 a cup. So um, <laughs> Why is that. your coffee special? Sell me. Because like, you can't get coffee nowhere here. So I might bump it up to 30 bucks a cup. Just depends. People here can afford it. So anybody complaining? And I guess people weren't sure how serious he was being because then this viral tweet happens. And it's, I think, a sports writer named Ira Winderman. And he says, so apparently Jimmy Butler wasn't kidding about the upcharge for the use of his French press at Disney. And it's a dry erase board from Jimmy Butler's hotel room that says, big face coffee, latte pour over cappuccino, Americano, espresso, red eye, mocha macchiato, cafe au lait. No IOUs. Small, $20. Medium, $20. Large twenty dollars. All Wait, of the sorry, drinks are twenty dollars. Making macchiatos. There's like some impressive coffee making going on there. It's not just like coffee and then like lattes. That's what the person says. She's like, yeah, here you have a French press, and he's like, no, I have everything. So I guess he had an espresso <laughs> maker and a drip coffee maker and a French press, and people were doing it. He's like, they're really popular. I might raise the price to thirty. Think about these basketball men. They have disposable income. They can uh, they can spend twenty dollars on a small, medium, or large. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh... Long time, medium time, I don't know, but I just need to yell at Lindsay for mixing up Vanessa Carlton's husband, who I don't even know, with Michelle Branch's husband, who is the guy from the Black Keys. She called, she said, so-and-so looks like Vanessa Carlton's husband, who is actually Michelle Branch's husband, Patrick Carney of the Black Keys. It's fine, the guitar girl of the early 2000s, Michelle Branch, and the piano girl of the early 2000s, Vanessa Carlton, are, might as well be the same person. I just thought that was very funny. Um, love you guys. Crunch, crunch. Um, well, Lindsay, you fucked I'm up. I'm sorry. You really fucked up. <laughs> Mixing up Vanessa Carlton and Michelle Branch, like, is the most understandable thing I've ever done on this podcast, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. Um, I just had to pause the podcast when you were talking about Cassiopeia. And Bobby, you were saying, like, I've never seen any of these movies where people look up in the sky and talk about Cassiopeia. Is that, are you trying to say that you've never seen the Kate Beckinsale, John Cusack classic serendipity? Is that what you're, is that what you're communicating? Because I just really feel like you need to, to see it if you haven't. And also they do a great, it's, Cassiopeia is a main plot point in that movie, and they do a pretty okay job of explaining why she's, you know, upside down in the sky. Um, anyways, I just really feel like you should watch Serendipity if you haven't. It's my, it's my very favorite rom-com. So, um, okay, thanks. Love you all. Bye. Let's play John Cusack's explanation of the story of Cassiopeia from the movie <laughs> Serendipity, which, yes, I haven't seen. I just assumed it was bad, and I never watched it. But people have a real affinity for this movie. Those aren't just freckles. If you look closely, you can see Cassiopeia. What? Right there. Hold on a minute. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Here's the story. A long time ago, in Ethiopia, there was this queen named Cassiopeia who thought she was the most beautiful woman in the entire world. And there wasn't anybody in the kingdom who wasn't offended by this woman's relentless vanity. 
And then one day she really screwed up and offended the gods. I don't remember what she did, and I don't remember who she offended, but it was bad. She crossed the line. <laughs> but anyway, Poseidon, the sea god, punished Cassiopeia by placing her in the heavens upside down in her throne, stuck for eternity with her skirt around her shoulders and all the blood rushing to her head. And now she's just a constellation in the sky, a bunch of English freckles in the shape of a throne. So she made one tragic mistake. And paid for eternity. Correct. Um, and I kind of don't hate the movie Serendipity. I did see it in theaters and I did forget that Cassiopeia is like a main role because her freckles look like Cassiopeia, which now that I know what Cassiopeia looks like is pretty likely that your freckles could look like it. It's just like a squiggly line. Anyone's freckles could look yeah. like Cassiopeia. Yes. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. This is Will calling with an exclusive review of the Tyra Banks Smize Cream. Um, so I'd been aware of Smize Cream for a little bit, uh, just being a longtime fan of Tyra, uh, both during ANTM and her subsequent business adventures of um, varying success. Uh, and then I thought, uh, oh, this is pretty funny. Um, then I saw that uh, the pickups were happening in Santa Monica, and I lived pretty close to there. And then we talked about it on the pod, and I just knew I had a higher calling, and I had to go and try this ice cream and see what was up. So I pre-ordered it, and then I picked it up, and uh, here we go. Um, first things first, I feel like I need to note that it cost $8.25 for half a pint. I'm no ice cream connoisseur, but that just seems absurd to me. Like, like, do you know how many Chromatica Oreo packages I could buy with that? Like, like two or three, at least. Um, so yeah, I don't know if the price uh, is justified by the flavor of the ice cream or the quality. So I got the strawberry birthday cake flavor, which is, uh, as you might guess, a strawberry ice cream base uh, with sprinkles and a little chunk of cake in there. And then there is the smize surprise. Um, so at first, I kind of I thought it was going to be just like a layer on the bottom of the cookie dough. Uh, but it turns out it's like this little ball of cookie dough covered in white chocolate, just kind of like stuffed in the center. It's kind of like if you took a cake pop from Starbucks and like popped it off the stick and then plopped it in the ice cream. Um, but with cookie dough instead of cake, obviously. Um, I just thought that was a little bit like too sweet and it kind of just interrupted the rest of the ice cream. I wish it would just have just been a whole thing of ice cream that I could enjoy. Um, it was just kind of this, like, random novelty thing. But uh, such is the mind of Tyra Banks, I guess. So all in all, I thought the ice cream was pretty tasty, um, but the price was a little hard to uh, justify, so I'm not sure if I would get it again. But um, if there's any L.A.-based hooligans who are listening who love ice cream or love Tyra Banks or both, and they release a flavor that appeals to you, and you don't mind spending $8 for novelty ice cream, uh, in a very small quantity, um, then by all means, go for it. All right. That has been my review of my cream. Um, my surprise, yummy pop. I saw the photo that this caller sent us on Twitter when we were like, leave a review. But I don't even think it's a full pint. I think it's like half a pint. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, the expensive vibe, $8 for a pint of ice cream is not unheard of in, like, New York and L.A. just because... 
there are a lot of fancy ice cream brands and that is and can tends to be expensive even like my beloved talenty which is usually on sale talenty which is talenty you gotta (laughs) get it on sale right but if it's not on sale you're talking five six dollars a pint of that unless you're like oh three for ten or like whatever you know Mm. whatever the deal is oh there's always a deal let's like go to like three grocery stores are gonna get one that's a deal that's like two for eight Two for six. If you're looking to treat yourself and you find one of the fancy, a really cool flavor from like a fancy brand, whether it's like a cool house or like, you know, sometimes you see one and you're like, ooh. Jenny's. Ooh. Yeah. You could you Oh, could look pay. at this. This is teeny tiny. Look at the collar. This is so little. Wait, let me see the photo. This is so little. Did you send it to me? Yeah, I just texted it to you. That is a half pint. That's too small. I hate it. That's $8. Okay, now I'd be furious. So an $8 pint, I would say like a maybe, but an $8 that size is a no for me. And also like (laughs) the way you described the ice cream did not sound appealing to me at all. Not at all. But if there's anywhere where that thing will thrive, it is Santa Monica, Los Angeles. So like it's it feels to me if it was a stunt, it's a good one for her for there. But if she's looking to get it in like grocery stores across the country, like I just don't. I don't know if people are going to go for it. Shout out to our friend, Steven. Thank you, Steven Avalos, for always knowing everything. We were oh, talking about this in text. So nice. And it's he, he was like, love sending voice notes. He's like, do we all remember Tyra wanting to launch Model Land in spring of 2020 bef- before we knew there was going to be a pandemic? She was going to launch a Model Land pop-up like Instagram aesthetic place in Santa Monica. Like a um, glamour shots, but... Yep. Tyra Banks themed. A glamour shots but Tyra Banks. And Steven was like, do we think that Smy's cream is just her being like, I have this space. I need to use it somehow. I'm just going to open up this ice cream store here. And I was like, that's a good theory. But also, as the caller said, Tyra's queen of starting new business ventures and just like abandoning them. So I don't know that like I necessarily believe that. But then I was like, huh, that sounds really smart, though. You type in the address. I was like, well, where exactly in Santa Monica was Model Land supposed to be? Okay, 395 Santa Monica Place. Where in Santa Monica is my ice cream? 395 Santa Monica Place. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Stephen was right. Stephen's always right. Stephen's the woman in the window, and what's outside the window is 395. Lindsay, the woman in the window is not always right. That's the whole thing. I haven't seen the movie. I've only... Unreliable narrator. Sometimes she's right, sometimes she's not, and sometimes you're like, is she right or wrong? I don't know. Okay, so Stephen's a genius, and yes, it is true that basically, if you're wondering why it's so random that Tyra is doing ice cream, it's because she's a businesswoman first, and she has an empty storefront. And she said, what product can I develop the fastest to put in this space to get it out the door? Yes, it is ice cream. (laughs) Haven't you seen the first Wives Club? And Goldie Hawn goes, oh, I could put it in that building I own downtown. And they're like, you own a building downtown? And then they make the office in the abandoned building she owns downtown. I have to say, like... That almost makes the entire operation better for me. Because, like, I don't care about this ice cream, but I do care about the idea that Tyra Banks is out here being a smart businesswoman using (laughs) her pivoting. She's pivoting. She's saying, oh, COVID, we can't take people's pictures and do model land. We have to pivot to ice cream. And will we pivot back to glamour shots eventually? Maybe. I don't know. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. Um, So a while ago, you guys talked about what Frankie Grande does all the time. And I think I have an answer. 
So I just volunteered at the vaccination site of Dodger Stadium, and I met Frankie himself, um, or as I've found out since on Wikipedia, his name is Frank James Michael Grande Marchioni. Frank James Michael Grande Marchioni. Um, and he was, like, so hyper, crisscrossing lanes, running backwards, high-fiving volunteers, like, telling people that he that just got their vaccines, like, he loved them. And so that's what he's doing all day. He is just giving back to the community through hype, through directing traffic. Um, his blonde tips were, like, tucked into his trucker hat. And he was wearing what looked like an engagement ring and a wedding band, like, stacked on his perfectly polished fingers. So my question for you guys, is Frankie engaged? Also, another encounter on the on the Dodger Stadium lot with Sean Penn's fifth grade teacher. Um, she was getting her vaccine and um, we were talking and her name was Mrs. Steele, I believe, and she wanted me to pass on this message to Sean that was hi and also thank you. So Sean, if you're listening, hi and thank you. Crunch, crunch. Because Sean Penn was at the VAX site, yeah. It took me a second. Sean Penn was at the VAX site, like, helping at one point in history. I was like, LA is so weird. She just told a <laughs> random person to tell to tell Sean Penn thank you. <laughs> okay, I get it. I, get I mean, it, I is get that it. any weirder than running into Frankie Grande giving back through hype <laughs> at a vaccination I spot? I mean, I have I to say that. he's never been more likable is than Frankie Grande zooming around the VAX site, high-fiving people. Also, can you imagine working there and being like, Mr. Grande, get out of the street, please get out of the street. <laughs> and I don't think we knew that Frankie Grande was engaged. We knew he like does Twitch streams with his boyfriend, but it looks like they're engaged based on this caller's eagle eye spotting of not only Frankie's wedding band, but engagement ring. Got him stacked. I love, I just... what was the line again? Giving back via hype. Well, I just can't imagine a better, it's very in character. And I always like when a person displays this in character vibe outside of their work. So it's like, oh, cool. He's clearly, clearly Frankie Grande is this person all the time. He cannot help himself. He is Mm -hmm. truly just quote unquote like this. Oh, he's like this. Don't worry. He's like this. Yes. You know? Let's move on to questions. Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Is Lil Nas X the only good uh, celebrity on TikTok? Are there any others who are their TikToks would be good even if you didn't know who they were. A really short question, but I think a good one. But it but the thing is is like I feel like celebrities on TikTok because they're it's novel still get a lot of can get a lot of credit and can go very far by just existing and doing the like what is this place thing? The bare I, minimum. I know it's not the 
best, but I do think that it's a shtick that works for them now for now. You know what I mean? Like when, yeah. when I put the Kevin Bacon TikToks, I like that because he didn't, he actually didn't do the shtick like, what is this? He made his own shtick, which was like talking really quietly. He's like, I'm making my, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put them here too. But like, he's like making Kira, his wife, Kira Sedgwick, like a cup of coffee really quietly and he's whispering. And it's just like, he's mm-hmm. there. It's cool to develop your own way to use it. I, I kind of keep it down because you know who's still asleep. And as soon as she wakes up, she wants sliced bananas on her pound cake. But if I slice them too early, then they turn brown. So no problem. Just have to figure out a way to, to pre-slice the bananas. You know, like maybe he was flipping through and saw people doing like how-to things, which TikTok is a big like how to do this, how to do that. Like it is... It's kind of the way that YouTube started as well. There are these, it's a very DIY place. Like it just lends itself really well to showing somebody how to do something. So he saw that and he started there. And he also played music yeah. and whatever. So I liked, I like him. And I like when I come across a celebrity who is not even like being like, I'm a celebrity, like Elle Fanning. Like I think Elle Fanning created an account that was like user 22255567, like just some random. And it's just Elle Fanning responding, just duetting stuff and being weird. And people are like, I've reached Elle Fanning's account. And you're like, mm-hmm. that is so funny that it's just like somebody who, another person I love on TikTok is fucking um, Sookie Waterhouse. Just a, just being nuts on TikTok. When you said, I thought you were going to say Sweetie, and I was like, oh yeah, Sweetie's great on TikTok. But you said Suki Waterhouse. Suki Waterhouse. Sorry. <laughs> but like, you, have you seen her TikTok? It's just her taking deep breaths of a vape and like playing the piano and then like dancing. But the people who are actually out here using TikTok well in terms of like actually using it, like using the features, Lil Nas is definitely like up there as like someone who was like, I'm going to figure out how to use this app and actually use it versus what is this? You know, what, where am I? And I think the most annoying people on TikTok are kind of the most annoying people outside of TikTok. So it's like the Kardashians are 99% of the time extremely annoying on TikTok. Like well, yeah. Kendall Jenner was funny that one time the when they made their, their pranks. But like usually if you are annoying outside of TikTok, you're going to be annoying on TikTok. It's why Jason Derulo is annoying on TikTok. You want to see somebody using the app like natively. Like you don't want to see like a copy and paste. You don't want to see something that could be on Instagram or could be on YouTube or could be on Twitter. You want to see somebody actually like who's using it. And that's why those Mm -hmm. things don't appeal, appeal to me because Jason Derulo, who got a lot of like attention for being early on TikTok and doing all these things, he's using like CGI, like that's not what TikTok is about, like creating your own effects, using the camera mm-hmm. tricks that are embedded into the app to make something new. And you see, I saw this cool one of this girl doing her own cuts by changing the angle of her phone and doing specific cuts so that it had like these effects where like you kind of appear out of no, you know what I mean? And like that mm-hmm. is, it's kind of like I wrote about, oh my God, this feels like a hundred years ago, but I wrote about Musical.ly for some magazine and I met this kid who was really good at it. And the reason why he was so good at it was because he was really good at the moving the camera around in like a choreographed way to create like illusions in in the way that he was performing. So he looked certain ways. Does that make sense? I, it does yes, make sense. No, you, that makes sense. That does make sense. That's the way that 
you're supposed to use this. And so if you see a celebrity do that or like even try to do that, you're like, okay, you are actually like engaging with the app. When you see Jason Derulo like come out of the water on a surfboard or something, out of a, you know, something crazy that's literally just like special effects, you're like, you are not using this app. I don't like Miley. Sh Miley Shtick was funny for a little bit, but then it became a little exhausting. When you look through celebrity TikToks, you start seeing more of them. Like I was watching some TikToks earlier this week and somehow I ended up on Kate Walsh's TikTok and she was making like a bunt cake. <laughs> She's yeah. making some sort of cake. And I was uh -huh. like, what? But there's not much there. Then you click on the profile and it's like, oh, they didn't really do this for very long. Like a lot of them just sort of make an appearance as a formality. It's like, well, I have to make an account and I have to do some stuff. That's sort of how Kevin Hart's TikTok feels to me where it's like, oh yeah, I know I'll get like millions of TikToks and I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm sort of going to half-ass this knowing that it's fine if I half-ass this. Well, the, the delightful thing is finding a celebrity who actually is really into TikTok, who's clearly using yeah. it and, and having tough. fun. Miley's, you're right, felt a little fake because yes, while she had a good shtick, she was commenting in people's comments and then telling them advice and then she used like the stuff that they did for this video which again I found I found very cute but you could tell it was that was a specific project and she's not really out here using it after that you know mm -hmm. Jessica Chastain is like trying but it's just like Ugh. she's so weird another content place Jessica Chastain will exist poorly I found the weirdest tick oh Nelly Furtado I was like <laughs> why are you not good at this there aren't many TikToks on her account, but two of them are just promos for like the re-release of Whoa Nelly, the album. Well, and I'm course. just like, don't just put ads on here, Nelly. Have a little fun. Um, You know who's great at TikTok, who's great at online, Ooh. obviously, is Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Oh, yeah. Yes. Great. I think if you have a sound on TikTok and you're a musician and your sound goes viral, it really lends to you using that mm. app well and getting into it. Doja Cat had early viral success on TikTok. Her songs kind of created a dance before she even had the dance for herself. She learned the dance. She does the dance. Like now she like is very much engaged in like, and also like the TikTok world like loves Doja Cat. Like they always take her songs and kind of play with them. It's like she's a meme within that community and it's like cool. And she clearly is into it. You know, I forgot to mention it. My my actual favorite celebrity on TikTok is Gal Gadot. I think she is phenomenal <laughs> at the medium. Stop. And we should all be following Gal Gadot Stop. on TikTok. Stop. Don't say She's that. so, so funny. You're a liar. Um, so, liar. So You're lying. So many celebrities are just sort of now late getting on the bandwagon that the answer is changing every single day. You know what I mean? The first time I see a specific celebrity on there, there's a surprise there, right? Oh, Kevin Bacon. That's so fun. Yeah. And then it wears off. So like, it kind of depends on how, how many of the TikToks you consume. Like my tolerance for you being like, what is this place is very low. But like, so John Mayer joined TikTok and he did a, sorry, he did a funny TikTok where it was just him being silent. And it says like me, me taking in your criticisms as you berate me, you know, just like a very self- mm -hmm a very self-hating John Mayery type TikTok and people were you people were playing along they were duetting it and mm. like yelling at him like Taylor Swift fans were like yelling at him and i was like you know what honestly this is kind of smart because he created this he created this format that people are engaging with like mm -hmm. they love it how can you deny that you know everything is fast you can't expect to get like a big bang for your buck you're just gonna you're just gonna like be funny for a moment you know what that's the answer <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer there is no answer because everything changes too quickly on tiktok it's just you have to look at tiktok all the time <laughs> so many times if you follow a tiktok you're going to be disappointed like there are very few tiktokers who are just out here making consistently good content it's that's why the for you page is so important because I know. the whole medium depends on people shaking it up and 
and finding new people and seeing new things. Following doesn't matter. There's nothing good about following anyone. I never, no. I follow people as a formality, but I never actually look at what they're making. I never look at my follow page. I only look at my for you page. Right. A good TikTok is a new TikTok. A good TikTok is a new form, a new person, a new shtick, a new whatever. Like that is what is good about it. So I don't know if I was like advising a celebrity on their like TikTok strategy. I would like, don't expect much. I would just be don't like, don't expect, expect much. Unless you love it and you're out here creating exactly. something and you think it's fun and you want to use it. But as far as, let's say we were making them for you, I would say, let's try something. Let's do something mm -hmm. else. Let's make a few and then move on. Because like, it's right. it's for the surprise of it all. You, It's not worth it to be a presence on this place, especially if you're not engaging and you don't give a shit. It's not the most sustainable place. There are very few TikTok personalities that are sustainable. It's like, there just aren't. It's like my faves are Tabitha Brown and Grace Schmidt. And Tabitha does food and Grace does front-facing camera comedy. And I'm just, mm -hmm. it's like, that is like the... That is their thing. And and honestly, mm -hmm. Grace works better on Twitter sometimes, like which is funny yeah. to me. And Tabitha is now so like Tabitha. zooming past that to like make a cookbook. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah, already right. So it's like Tabitha, give me some long form stuff. <laughs> <You> <laughs> give know? me a recipe, Tabitha. Yeah. No, but I no. think in, in terms of like a PR strategy for a celebrity, it's like don't worry about setting up shop there. If you really want to get involved, do one funny thing because then you'll get the headline and that's all that matters. Like the one press cycle is all you need. That's true. Do one funny thing. Right. And then just quit it forever. You don't need to worry quit it about forever. it. <laughs> it's okay if you quit it forever. Me There's to plenty of other shit on TikTok. Back away from the TikTok. <laughs> you don't need to make a snowman on TikTok you right don't. now, Jess. You don't. You don't. Next call. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. I'm calling to ask about Kiana Paris. She's playing a pretty integral role in the new uh, WandaVision series, and she's terrific on the show, and my understanding is that she's going to be around the Marvel, Com Marvel Comics universe for quite a while, so um, I'm curious if you can tell us more about her. I would appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, kiss out Cassiopeia. What was the sign-off? Kiss off? Ki kiss out Cassiopeia. Kiss out Cassiopeia. Do I don't we... know what... Am I saying that right? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get that we talked about it when I don't... Okay, fine. Yeah. Whatever. We love it. Kiss out Cassiopeia. Even if it makes no sense. Tim to be a lesbian makes no sense to me still. Okay. I'll take it. Kiss out Cassiopeia. Are we even saying it right? Who knows? You're watching WandaVision. Tell me about Tiana Paris. You are not watching WandaVision. It's almost now become almost a hunger strike for and you. stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it truly is. The only Tiana Paris things I've seen are Chirac and If Beale Street Could Talk. She, and she's great in both of those. She's great in WandaVision. The issue with WandaVision and Tiana Paris, which is annoying to me, is that she's really great in it, but she's not like the break. Like people aren't talking about her as much mm -hmm. as like they're talking about like Catherine Hahn Catherine because Hahn Catherine Hahn. She kind of did, they she kind of did because of the role of the of her character. Like Tiana Paris's character is not only important, but is also being revealed to be somebody else. I don't know how to okay skip. If you don't want spoilers for WandaVision, like. Just if you haven't finished it, skip just the skip, skip this because I'm not going to give a sh I'm going to spoil it. So don't, yeah, skip it. Okay. Elizabeth Olsen's character, the Wanda Maximoff, created this like energy field in which she's able to manipulate characters like her own, like in the TV show that she's created because 
you know, you know this, you know, part of this. Yes. So she's created her trauma and her emotional kind of state has created this energy field of like a TV show where she's, uh, she's controlling the people in it to create these scenarios to like help her kind of cope, mm-hmm. right? And cope with her grief. Okay. This woman, Tiana Paris, who works for like the police, again, it's like vague police. Like she works with like two broke girls and um, uh, fresh off the boat. Kat Dennings and Randall Park. Thank you. you <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. I do I do know who she they are. She works just... with two broke girls and fresh off the boat. <laughs> two arguable thems. I think we've called both of them thems before, and you're calling them two broke girls and fresh off the boat. But my memory of people's names does not mean they're whoers or thems. I just have a bad memory. Yeah, okay. So like you That's got your it. synesthesia. Yes. So yeah. she. they're all like cops. They're like various cops, and she basically is the one who goes into the energy field to try and interact with Wanda, like kind of becomes a character in her game to like kind of try and figure out what's going on. And because she goes back and forth so many times, she's pushing all this energy into herself. And basically they're saying that she kind of is going to become this other character. Because this, it's almost like an origin story and people are becoming characters that comic fans know about now who are kind of iconic that was going to be my question to you the way after i read this tiana paris new york times profile which i think it's not worth reading if you haven't watched wandavision yet and want to but i don't want to watch wandavision so it's fine but i think it spoils a lot of some of the early season reveals and like it sets up like what is actually going on in the show and i didn't realize that until reading this profile the way that I've come to understand the show, tell me if I'm wrong, mm. is that the show is really just sort of a prequel to the next step in the mar- the next yeah. uh, iteration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, here are these new characters. Here's what we're doing with these characters now. They're claiming that this is going to be the setup for Doctor Strange 2, like the sequel to okay. Doctor Strange, basically. That's okay. what they're saying. I mean, I, I heard that somewhere. So like... And the new Captain Marvel, right? Right. So like these, this is the origin story of how a lot of people are getting their powers to become. So like basically when Catherine Hahn shows up, here's again, a spoiler, sorry, which is why you've heard that song. It was Agatha all along is, be- is mm-hmm. popping off and becoming kind of a meme thing. It's because... She's going to be a character. As it turns out, this character who you thought was the nosy neighbor, a perfect Catherine Hahn role, is actually this powerful witch who people know about, who has like her own... And this is her... Origin story. This Agatha okay. yeah. Harkness, I think, Whatever. is her name. Again, I don't really know a lot about um, superhero stuff. So, like, this is yeah. funny to me because I'm learning. It's like, a, this is opening doors for a lot of people who do have the knowledge. Yeah. But also, it's you don't really need it in a way, which I think is the magic of the show. I'm still not going to watch it. I don't. And I'm not saying that to be, like, shady and rude. But I think that it's interesting from this perspective. Now that I know more about it, I'm like, oh, this is all a sort of more creative than normal marketing tool in order to get people yeah, excited about these future properties. Okay, I understand that. Like, that makes sense to me. And what I like about this, Tiana's more straightforward in terms of putting her there. Like, she is going to be main, she's main character. But what I liked about the Catherine Hahn thing was the Catherine Hahn casting was kind of a, almost a trick. Because if you see Catherine Hahn in a movie or TV show, you're like, oh, it's normal for her to be the, the best friend. It's normal for her to be the supporting role, the supporting character. It's the nosy neighbor, And yeah. what they did was they played with your expectation that she would just be this nosy neighbor and said, no, actually, she's one of the main characters. And so when the reveal that she's this witch who's got more control over this world than you think, she's actually the baddie. It's not Wanda. It's, it's, it's Agatha. Then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's so funny. Because basically what they did was make me feel comfortable that this was a side character 
character and said, oh, wait, LOL, it's actually the main character. They gaslit you. They were like, she's they a who, she's you. a who, she's a who. And then they were like, just kidding, she's exactly. a them. Exactly. So Got it. I think it's kind of upsetting, though, that that realization and that character is getting more attention, again, than Tiana Paris, who is like, honestly, one of the main characters of the show, but didn't have that kind of reveal in such an obvious way. Because I think people behind mm-hmm. the scenes who know about these characters were like, oh, no, but Tiana Paris is going to become X. Again, I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. what that is, but she's going to become something because she's absorbing all of this power and and whatever, whatever. And it was more clear that it's like, Agatha! <laughs> like, I think that this is one of the instances where it's like, it makes sense that this character would overshadow the more like interesting performance and maybe more interesting character because people have been rooting for Catherine Hahn for so long. So like there's like basically two decades of people bubbling up and trying to give Catherine Hahn her due. And now she's finally been given her due in the form of like the biggest entertainment franchise on the planet, or at least like in the United States right now. Yes, Tiana Paris is being overshadowed, but also Tiana Paris is like young. And this is sort of the first stage of her career, maybe the second stage of her career it's kind of iconic because monica rambeau this character she's playing is gonna be this big role in captain marvel Mm -hmm. 2 she's playing this person who basically becomes a superhero because of all this energy shifting and she has like the power of sight and joins the avengers then leads the avengers and then literally has this like very very long line of stories that she that tiana paris will now get to be in which is like really Mm -hmm. sick essentially like getting cast in wandavision is kind of like the best thing that could happen because for any actor because it's like it opens up the door that you are now available for all of these different projects that you get to do essentially you know yeah she's from south carolina she's like our age she went to juilliard and right after she graduated from juilliard she got her first movie which was how do you know oh my god not how do you know not how do you know <laughs> one of the worst movies of all time truly how if do you, you haven't know? seen how do you Wait, know how do you know was watch the, how do you know was the movie based on um the song it was based on a song? Yeah, it was Mrs. Robin. Was it How Do You Know? No, he... no, 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 no. That's uh, that's Rumor Has It. You're confusing oh. Rumor Has It with How Do You Know. Okay, well, how is... Do You Know was the movie that James L. Brooks made that was like, famous for costing $120 million because <laughs> it's like a terrible rom-com that looks cheap and it cost $120 million because everyone got like $20 million <laughs> to be in it. Like Reese Witherspoon, $20 million. Owen Wilson, $20 million. Jack Nicholson, $20 million. Like, they all got $20 million or something ridiculous. So the casting was, I think, over over half of the budget. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Wait. Combined salaries. James L. Brooks got $10 million. Witherspoon got 15 Nicholson got 12 Owen Wilson got 10 And Paul Rudd got 3 $50 million in salaries for five That's crazy. people. So she was in How Do You Know? I also just realized... Then another Tiana Paris role that I loved was she was in Mad Men. She's the first black employee of the ad agency, and she kind of causes a lot of like conversation. Oh, so it's a and big it's, role. It's a it's, big role. It's a big role. She it, okay. Again, another thing that should have been like a breakout, and I actually think was amongst people who watch Mad Men, but didn't kind of stick to the character was a big breakout, and people talked about it a lot. But I'm not sure mm-hmm. it like stuck to her as an actress, but. You should watch Mad Men. It's so good. I cannot believe you're. You should not hold Mad Men as. Yeah, I'll watch it. You yeah. saw. You saw Slave play off Broadway, so you saw her. Oh my God! No, I did. Oh, of course. Didn't I you did. see off Broadway yes, Slave play? You I saw did. Broadway Slave. Then I you did. saw her. She's great. She originated the role of Kenesha. Remember this character? Okay, she's literally been in every good project because now I'm seeing she was also in <laughs> Dear White People, the movie, which the is movie, yeah, great, the movie. a great movie, and also I actually really liked the TV show too. 
Anyways, like her IMDb is stacked. If if there was like a Who Weekly Vanity Fair up and coming young Hollywood, which is not even accurate for her anyways in terms of calling things young Hollywood, I would be like, she is like on the precipice, you know? Yeah. You really should read the New York Times profile of her because it goes into like the secrecy there. And obviously she's the best case scenario. How many people how many actors in Hollywood audition for these Marvel things and don't know oh that they're God. auditioning for certain things. But it's like yeah. the the shroud of secrecy that all these things have. She's like, I didn't know what I was auditioning for. I knew I was auditioning for a show. I didn't know what the role was. And then you do all these things and then you never expect to get the call. And then you get the call and it's like, okay, I got the call that I'm in this Marvel thing. But even when you get the call that you're in the Marvel thing, you don't know which cog you are in the Marvel machine until later. Now she's in the system. So she has to be, and I mean, has to, probably wants to also be wants in to. every single <laughs> spin-off thing every single iteration of this so it's like yeah. you literally got cast in a tv show and then also doctor strange 2 a huge movie yeah. like that is so cool to me <laughs> my favorite marvel tick that you will see if you read profiles of actors who were in marvel is the like obligatory comment where they have to talk about how important marvel is to them <laughs> and like i never believe it i like straight up never believe it and it's right. like they have to share a Marvel anecdote. It's not necessarily how important it is, but it's like, oh, I remember the first time I saw the original Iron Man oh. and I loved it so much. And it's like, oh my God, they're all very obviously pressured to have a their own like Marvel origin story as fans, which I get it. You don't need to have an interest in Marvel to be <laughs> I in I get these it, but movies. it's like so embarrassing. <laughs> it is embarrassing. Like... You don't, like, you can just be a good actor. You do not need to have this, again, origin story with this, with superheroes to be good at these roles. It's, it is funny, though, that, that's very funny. Just start keeping an eye out for it because you'll always see it and it's always funny. Last thing about Tiana Paris, she's in the new Candyman. Oh, wow. Cannot wait to see. She's second build. She's going to have a huge role in that. That's gonna I think be... she's the girlfriend of the main guy. who, And the main guy is the baby from the first one. That was bumped from this year or from last year's uh -huh. um, to Halloween, Halloween. To, to this year's Halloween. No, to next year's Halloween. 21 or 22? It's 21. This year's Halloween. It was supposed to be summer 2020. Now I think it's Halloween 21. I, I hate when they release big Halloween movies in summer. I get why they do it, but I don't like it. Mm. And I want them to release them on fucking Halloween. But I don't like it. It's coming out in <laughs> August 2021, which is sort of a middle. It's like late summer. Okay, so that's not Halloween. Fun. That's not Halloween. That is August. Okay, well, I guess the movie's incredible, though, because the thing is, if the movie's wait. incredible, they, waited. they will not wait till Halloween. They'll put it out in the summer because they want you to go see it in summer. Okay, fine. Whatever. I bet it's incredible. Fine. I bet it's incredible. Next call. We got new boots, and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get why? mine in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. Well, I have a good reason, too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing, and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots huge on the line dancing floor that's amazing oh yeah so you can really smack the floor and swing around you need cowboy boots yeah i didn't get cowboy boots i got chelsea boots but they're great they're brown oh my god i can't wait to see them they're just i like 
taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm-hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Hi, it's me again. I just called about Mark Wahlberg. Needed to clarify that, um, I mean, you may have insinuated this, but he is the host of this ridiculous show, Temptation Island. It's insane, but I can't stop watching. Um, Not only is his name Mark Wahlberg, but he is a knockoff Chris Harrison. Who is this guy? Crunch, crunch. You you spotted him. He's Jewish. He is Jewish. Well, I noticed that Wahlberg without the H seemed more Jewish. So I'm like, is he Jewish? (laughs) He's Jewish because on PBS.org, he shared his recipe for cheese latkes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love him. Mark L. Wahlberg, L stands for Lewis. The L's in there as in Michael B. Jordan. We got to put the letter in there because we got to distinguish. I mean, he's not going to change his name for Mark Wahlberg, but he is going to put the L in there. This guy's been hosting mm-hmm. shit forever. He's a host. He's, he's a professional, professional host. host. Give this guy a show. He can host it. He can host anything. We mentioned it last week, but the Alex Trebek memoir, if it teaches me one thing, it's that like being a professional host is an incredible gig. Once you are in, you are in. Yeah. And if you can host one thing, you can host anything. And people know that. And they say, let's get Mark Wahlberg. Let's get Mark L. Wahlberg in here. And much like Dolly Parton with the with the preciousness, how she, she doesn't find her lyrics or her songs too precious to like alter. He clearly doesn't find any of his projects too precious to abandon. Like he's <laughs> he takes jobs knowing that they are not long for the world and i think that's kind of probably a a cool way to live your life he doesn't actually have though like his iconic thing that he hosted because none of his things have lasted that long i think the iconic thing to most people is antiques roach okay fine it is iconic it is iconic that is a long lasting thing and it's it's also like kind of under the radar in a way that like i think is probably nice you compared him to chris uh, Chris, what's his name? You, Chris Harrison. Him, you commanded him with Chris Harrison. First of all, fuck Chris Harrison. Second of all, I'd like to see Chris Harrison host anything but The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? He is not versatile, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> so all of his eggs are in that basket, and I would argue the basket just broke. So best of luck to Chris mm-hmm. Harrison. Mark L. Wahlberg is, he's a traveling man host. He can do it all. Yeah. He is a one-man yeah. show. <laughs> I was about to say he reminds me of my brother-in-law, but then I thought about it. And I'm sure he reminds people, a lot of people of their brother-in-law. <laughs> like he kind like of has brother-in-law in energy. He's an everyman. His wife is an actress most famous for the role of Alice in Friday the 13th. She loves that she was Alice in Friday the 13th. Uh, her Instagram is filled with old photos of her being slaughtered by Jason, or excuse me, Jason's mother. 
Whenever you go to Los Angeles, yeah. you think you're going to meet Beyonce and Jay-Z, but no, you're going to meet Mark L. Wahlberg and his wife who was in Friday the 13th and dies at the beginning. You know, like, that's the level of celebrity that takes up 75% of all <laughs> Hollywood know. actors, you know? It's true. I love it. It's true, but I also, lo- I'm now I'm reading, like, okay, he had a tabloid talk show called The Mark Wahlberg Show from September 1995 to May This is the reason I wanted to play the call. <laughs> okay. This show. I kind of... W- this show I kind of want, I where to go? I want it. Based on what I could tell, because I like fell into a hole on this show, the Mark L. Wahlberg show, Mark Wahlberg show that lasted, I think just two seasons, 1984 to 1985, maybe just 1985. I was it saying, might have been like, one I think season. IMDb isn't quite right. It, it might was have also been titled Mark after the Mark. Well, that's how they shortened it. Okay. So it was like Sally, Jesse, Raphael is just like Sally or like Jenny Jones is just Jenny. So Mark was right. just Mark, which is arguably much less iconic than either Jenny or Sally or Oprah. So, um, okay. Mark <laughs> goes on stage again, exuding brother-in-law energy, just copying everyone else. Here's a clip of two sound bites from Mark Wahlberg's show that I found on YouTube. Iconic it uploads to YouTube, by the way, because there are those things where people just digitize their VHS and I love it. all the commercials from 1995. These people are doing God's work. These are the right. archivists. We need them. Here's two clips. Do you want to confront the prostitute that your husband has used? Well, if so, call 1-800-269-MARK. Do you want to confront the prostitute that your husband used? Call what? 1-800-269-MARK. Oh, my God. Okay. Of the time. And then there's this. And Talk then there's this. Of the time. Welcome back to the show. We have been talking about if you're poor, should you be having more and more kids? <gasps> the nastiest, the worst possible topics. Just like disgusting television. What's funny is when it said tabloid talk show, in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's talking about tabloids? No, he is the... T- it, it, that's what a tabloid <laughs> talk show was, was like saying no. shit like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Who is Alice Evans, um, age 47? Wife, soon to be ex-wife of Ian Griffith. Um, apparently, she found out via um, the Daily Mail or something. Um, please let me know. Thank you. These are names that have been coming up in the tabloids for a few weeks now or a few months now. This started a while ago. I found it to be a little bit depressing. I was like, clearly, this is – I'm going to wait on this one. Let's see what happens, mm-hmm. you know, because – these two were co-stars on in the movie 102, 102 Dalmatians, Dalmatians <laughs> which yes also starred Glenn Close, Gerard mm-hmm. Depardieu and they were they played the characters Kevin Shepard and Chloe Simon. I've never seen 102 Dalmatians, sorry to say. I don't really know what their roles. Yeah, I know. We're more interested in the origin story of Cruella uh, on Who Weekly podcast. We don't care about these two characters. <laughs> we need to know her trauma. Oh, we don't need these origin stories. Why did she kill dogs? Why can't she just be the devil? Her name is Cruel Devil. She, she's an asshole. And she's like out here murdering your puppies. I know. It's the jokerification of cinema. Okay. Yeah. yeah who, we're losing but, it. But Keep who going. is Alice Evans? Okay. Alice Evans and her husband, whose name is Welsh, which is why it's a little hard to pronounce. Yawen Griffith. So they filed for divorce after she started posting stuff on her Instagram that was honestly worrying because what how this started was she posted a picture that was like them together and it was like you read this to me it said she's like sort of cheek the cheek and she's got toothpaste on her mouth and he looks kind of alarmed and she looks v- extremely in love 
And what, is she, what does it say? And then she captioned it, listen, I am still sad and I'm still heartbroken and I'm still doing that awful thing you do when you remember something you planned to do together and you realize you won't be doing it together anymore. Sob, sob, heart, sob. But this old photo did make me chortle somewhat. Smiley face. I can't remember it all, but I imagine it must have gone like this. Stinky little chipmunk in two-day-old nighty, invisible toothpaste still on and around her lips, dares to ask the man who is all man, trademark, for a selfie. Bad move. Really bad move. Possibly even divorce move. Mm. We'll see. Oh God, I do remember it now. Come to think of it. The eye roll, the sigh, and then the perfect moving into position, looking straight down into the camera, hitting his key oh. light, smizing just that little. I mean, the guy's pro and he looks great. It's just clear that I'm not the, oh no, back soon with more hashtag divorce story. So it looks like she's like, oh. she's looking back on her relationship. She's looking in hindsight and she's like, wow, I should have known that things were falling apart. Yeah. I was so dumb to not notice that things were falling apart, which is a sad thing to sort of tell people it's kind of a too real thing yeah so she, i guess she tweeted this my beloved husband slash soulmate of 20 years yoan griffiths has announced he's ready to leave his family starting next week me and our young daughters are very confused and sad so i guess she tweeted that and that's what initially got attention that was deleted she also she instagrammed the the daily mail headline about him filing for divorce um and she wrote oh okay thanks for letting me know i guess so she's kind of blowing this up, which I don't think people were really paying attention to her before in this way. And of course, now how could they look away? Because it's a train wreck, you know, essentially. She was also in um, the Fantastic Four. She's like, they're both like working actors, I would say, you know? He was in, he was in Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. He was one of the main people in the like flop Marvel, like yeah. Marvel's flop era. Yeah. He was like the star of Marvel's flop era. Oops. And she... Recently made headlines because oh, yeah, she me. accused Harvey Weinstein of groping her and doing the Harvey Weinstein thing she of rejected sabotaging him. her career after right. being rejected. So she claims that Harvey Weinstein assault- assaulted her and made her all of these demands. And she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And because she rejected him, what did he do? He did what he always allegedly did. He sabotaged his career. And she claims that it went so far as to sabotage Yawen's career as well mm. like he took he got revenge because he's like I can make a call and make sure that you don't get these roles that you are up for and may otherwise have gotten I do believe it I believe it totally I do believe it totally so that's sort of the last time she was in the news I didn't watch these flop Marvel Fantastic Fours how do I recognize this face oh my God, listen how? Lindsay this is why I recognize this face don't click it just listen to okay, the face I'm listening listen to him okay how would Bobby know somebody right Listen to me, man. We have to go Titanic. Back. I want to it's fucking Titanic. Women from this boat into that boat that right is not now. him. We're That's him? Them, He's women and children first? He's the sweetie one. Oh, you're right. Molly Brown's like, yeah. those are your men out there. Don't you want to save them? And then like Francis Fisher's like, fuck you, lady. I want to get to the more the Lusitania. And then he's like, I feel guilty. And he moves all the women we into have one to go back. and gets we all the We have to star. go back. We have to go back. Oh my God, he saved Rose. Well, okay, so fine. It's he's like iconic. unclear who Wait, saves her, but. No, he saved her. He's iconic. He's iconic. <laughs> the big reveal of him being iconic was not expected. <laughs> I know. That's why I didn't want to tell you before we recorded. Wow. He's yeah. sweetie. He's the sweetie man. And his accent is good. I don't understand a one of you. What's the matter with you? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more. Hey, Weekly. Um, I'm calling because... I was recently made aware um, through a photo from a friend of a friend that um, Kenneth Brana has a vanity license plate that says not to be, like the uh, number two letter B. Um, this is the best thing I've ever heard. 
But also, obviously, having a license plate that's like the most famous Shakespeare quote who's a character you played is incredibly hooey. Or is it a stroke of them genius? Um, I'll never stop thinking about this. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Crunch, crunch. Uh, Josh Charles, too. For those who don't know, Kenneth Branagh famously played Hamlet. He's the most famous Hamlet, right? In terms of living people, yeah, almost definitely. But then I guess, I feel like even though I don't really give a shit about Laurence Olivier, he's the name that still rings a bell when I hear Hamlet. Okay, but okay, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm thinking of the list of people that have played Hamlet. It's like, there, there are a few that have really, defi- quote unquote, defined the role. But I think Kenneth Branagh would be probably up there in the top. What about Ethan Hawke? He's a Gen X Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, of course. Ethan Hawke browsing uh, browsing blockbusters thinking to be to, or not to be. Of course, we all know. <laughs> exactly. He's in Blockbuster. Um, I cannot think about Ethan Hawke as Hamlet without thinking of him in Blockbuster. That's okay. the most defining part of that movie is it It literally is the Gen X Hamlet because he's in Blockbuster, a thing that no longer exists. Like, yeah. Not Hollywood video. He's in Blockbuster. No, he's li- like, if you had to show that to somebody today, you'd have to explain to them Blockbuster. Okay, sorry. <laughs> So Kenneth Branagh is, I think, a tricky character to me because I would say he's definitely extremely famous. He's a sir. He's prestigious. But he's also like he's so obsessed with himself in like kind of a hooey way. (laughs) I think he is a them. I think he's a them. I'm trying to be be objective, but he's like such he's a ham. He's He's a a ham. He's not just Hamlet. He's a ham. And he's really into himself. It's exhausting. Every time I see him, I'm like, ugh. Okay, but as a Vanity Plate stan, I love Vanity Plates. I think they are the funniest things ever. I don't, I know it's like basic, but I just I think they're hilarious. They are hilarious. They are are absolutely hilarious. Spotting a good Vanity Plate just on the street could just make my day, which is why Tom Uh Hank 3 lives again. Tom Hank 3 is my new Vanity Plate. I don't know if the viewers know that, but it was Tom Hank, then it was Tom Hank 2, now it's Tom Hank 3. I got a new car because my old car got crashed. Not by me. (sighs) Not by me. It was a hit and run. It was a hit and run. Oh, so sad. It's okay, but that gave birth to Tom Hank 3, which you may see bumping around the streets of Brooklyn. I love a good vanity plate. They never get old to me. I'm never going to be bored by one if it's good. And so that's why Kenneth Branagh having two cars, one is to be and one is not to be, is just delightful. Delightful. I can't find actual like confirmation, confirmation as in he said, these are my cars, but true heads apparently know, and you can find these cars and they're always parked next to each other. Whenever you look for photos of them, one is an Aston Martin. I'm bad at cars. So you're saying this might be someone else's cars because people are saying these are Kenneth Branagh's cars, but it's not, hasn't been like officially connected, but this photo is going around. This photo is old. This photo is almost 10 years old, but you will find occasional tweets by people saying i saw the not to be car and kenneth was in it like okay 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 okay, i like from what i can tell like it's an it's not open secrets the wrong word because it it connotes another thing but it's not something that he talks about but (laughs) it seems like especially in london people in london know that this is what he does just as people in brooklyn know that i'm tom hank three and they see me driving around oh Oh, yeah you're tom hank three yeah so he has an aston martin i think that's what that is and it's a little a little coupe a sports car that Cute. says to be and then and his big SUV Range uh, or, something. or something. I don't know what it is. It says not to be. What's interesting is this is what, England? He lives in England? They have different oh, yeah. vanity plate laws. Like to have just to be London. is very chic. It's almost like having yeah. like at Lindsay for your Twitter. You know, like that's very, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's tough. To it seems to very get. tough to have gotten not to be. 
But yeah, that's Kenneth Branagh. That's funny to me. I would call it is a them. It is funny. But Shakespeare would truly not approve. (laughs) (laughs) If Shakespeare could understand what a vanity plane is. (laughs) Can you imagine? Shakespeare. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Shakespeare wouldn't approve. But you know who would approve? Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann would be like, that's the sort of Shakespearean reference I want to make. Oh my God, you're so right. I want to put it on a vanity You're so... Baz Luhrmann's looking at these cars being like... He's like, I should have thought about that. Should have thought about that. (laughs) We got some really good yes, no questions that we can do rapid fire, I think. Okay. Okay. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, First time, medium time. I just finished watching the 25 Years of Rent uh, gala for the New York Theater Workshop, which was hosted by Olivia Lux. And I was watching Olivia Lux talk, and I was looking at her mouth, and I realized that, you know, does she have the exact same mouth as Chriselle Stouse, who you were talking about last episode? Just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Same mouth. Both great. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> at the end, the, uh, the, the caller's friend is going, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> does... Olivia Lux, the drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race this season, and Chriselle Stiles have the same mouth. One, two, three. Yes. yes. They do. It is uncanny. You'll have to, you'll have to look you. it up yourself. Okay, you'll have to look it up yourself. Next call. Does Gemma Collins know who Douglas Imhoff is? Crunch, crunch. Does Gemma Collins know who Douglas Imhoff is? Uh, the, fir- the second man what is his first second husband the first gentleman first the second gentleman, gentleman. The, fir- the first second gentleman the second, second gentleman does Gemma Collins know who Douglas Emhoff the second gentleman is crunch crunch one two three no no absolutely no not Never. Absol- Gemma not Collins doesn't know who no. Kamala Harris is I'd guarantee no. you but sure <laughs> who is Douglas Emhoff I don't know could you tell me who Douglas Emhoff is I'm hearing the name I have no idea what he does. It's a mystery. The aliens might know who Douglas Emhoff is. That's a question for the greys. It's not a question for me. I don't know who Douglas Emhoff is. Stop. Wow, your Gemma Collins is getting better. I know it's getting better. (laughs) Do Polly Perrette and Piper Parabo know each other? Crunch, crunch. Stop eating that. Do Polly Perrette and Piper Parabo know each other? It's Parabo, isn't it? Am it's, I wrong? I think it's Parabo. Parabole is really dragging it out. Do Polly Perrette and Piper Parabo know Parabole. each other? One, two, three. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Are we, yes. I didn't know maybe was an option, but I did put it here. So yeah. like maybe. Maybe. Okay. They seem like they're on the same wavelength. They're definitely invited to the same parties. Mm-hmm. You know? Polly's richer, though. I'll tell you that. Polly is much richer. Polly's richer <laughs> than most people. I think Polly's richer than Polly. anyone we have mentioned today. Polly's pretty rich. Polly is the... When we used to say that uh, Kaylee Cuoco was just rich, like just very rich, Polly is like that level rich. I yeah. don't think that Polly's getting an HBO Max show anytime soon. Though. I don't think so either. I know, it's true. Next call. And if they're invited to the same parties, I feel like Piper's like, do you think Polly's going to be there? And I feel like <laughs> whether or not no. Polly is in attendance at the party affects your own attendance, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Does Samuel L. Jackson know who Christina Hendricks is? Forehead Diamond. Does Samuel L. Jackson know who Christina Hendricks is? 
One, two, three. Yes. 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 I think so. I think he does. I think Sam Jackson has a good awareness of the people around him and his own industry. She's very famous. He does TV. He does a lot of stuff. She's very TV based. And I think he would know who she was. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe more vaguely than specifically, yes, I know that's Christina Hendricks, but he's aware. He seems like more of an everyman than a lot of actors who are as famous as he is, is my take. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I'm wondering, does Louis Tomlinson know who Lily Tomlin is? And perhaps more importantly, does Lily Tomlin know who Louis Tomlinson is? Okay, forehead diamond. <laughs> forehead diamond. Does Louis Tomlinson know who Lily Tomlin is? One, two, three, no. No. Okay, great. Does Lily Tomlin know who Louis Tomlinson is? One, two, three, no. Heck no. Heck no. Jane Vondemite, Lily does not care or no. Lily does not know. And in this case, their names being similar does not make them know. God, Tomlin and Tomlinson as two different names is so funny to me, even though I understand that Tomlinson is like Tom Ugh. Tomlin turned into another name. I Son, just, yes. it delights me. Like you never see like Roberts and Robertson like next to each other, but obviously that is the, that is the connect. There's the connection. That's the there. connection. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. It's delightful. Um, but I'm, I'm imagining Lily Tomlin's face, sort of like the chipper Lily Tomlin face you have, the default face that Lily Tomlin has. And then you're like, do you know who Lily Tomlinson is? And she's like, no. And then watching the face sort of drop as you start explaining who Lily Tomlinson is. <laughs> you see. <laughs> to the point where she's like, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I don't care anymore. This is no longer interesting. But also the idea that Louis Tomlinson could be Lily Tomlin's kid. It's like, I'm going to name my son Louis Tomlinson, like kind of after me, but like in a funny way. Okay. Anyway, Son of sorry. Tomlin. Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There, Our Weekly Call-In Show. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. If you got them, and we know you got them. Or email us at whatsritaupto at gmail.com to leave voice notes or send us, you know, MP3s, voice notes of your calls. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please, we love your reviews so much. Go check out our store. Have you? We haven't talked about our merch in a while, but we got Weekly. lots of hats. We got lots of pins. We got everything for you. Go check it out. We got merch coming out. The Wazoo. Um, <laughs> and then support us on Patreon.com slash Who Weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes and an occasional newsletter. Will we be watching Women in the Window all together in some way or form? You know it. You better go sign up so you get ready for that. We're reading Contact. We're going to watch Contact. You know, you never know what you're going to get on this show. Why Contact? You. you have to be a patron to understand. You, if you don't know, you don't know, know. It's fine. But what interests me oh. isn't the static. What interests me oh. is that there were 18 hours of it. Okay. okay thank you for great. listening. <laughs> Keep listening after the theme song for Call. You're doing amazing calls. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. To me, man, we have to go back. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. So, um, I'm obsessed with raisins, and I don't know why. Like, generally speaking, like I understand they're like not that good. Um, they're just like dried grapes. And for some reason, I add to everything. Um, trail mix, like always, add cereal, 
I can eat. I just love them. I've also noticed in the last week, multiple times, how polarizing this opinion is. Like, people are like, not just, oh, that's cool, you like raisins, but like, actual, like, visceral disgust. And I can't figure out where that comes from. The second part of this call is that last night I learned that the word for raisin in French is grape. And um, I just am living for the confusion that probably exists coming from all of this. Sorry, I'm rambling. But I just, like, can't get over the fact that it's called a raisin in France because people hate raisin. Anyways, crunch, crunch. Hey, um, I have no one else that would find this uh, funny or interesting at all. So uh, here you go. Um, I, it doesn't matter why, but I was uh, Googling um, Constance Wu, and I, uh, on the little, like, whenever you Google someone and it has, like, all their information, like, right up top, like, their birthday, like, who they're married to, um, it had Constance Wu's height as, quote, five foot one, uh, parentheses, the same as Kristen Bell. Um, I don't know why. Is there any sort of connection between Kristen Bell and Constance Wu that we would need to know how tall Constance Wu is in relation? Um, but the plot thickens because um, I, I went to, like, I was doing this on my laptop, and I wanted to get a screenshot on my phone because it was funny. And whenever I Googled it on my phone, um, it says that Constance Wu is 5'4". Um which is not the same as Kristen Bell. Um, so it's just, it's quite the conundrum. I don't understand the discrepancy in Constance Wu's height, as well as the need to compare it to Kristen Bell. But um, anyway, that's all uh, crunch, crunch. Goodbye. Hi there, Bobby Lindsay. I just left you a deranged and rambling call about um, how easy or difficult it is to break apart municipalities or, you know, disincorporate a municipality. Um, the the simple answer is, is that it varies based on the state and based on typically how property taxes work in that state. Because if you're disincorporating a town, you're going to need to divide up, like, where those revenues, where those property tax revenues are going to go. Um, and so that can be kind of hard. But alternatively, like some states make it super easy to consolidate units of government. Um, Omaha, for example, or in Nebraska, for example, uh, there was this town near Omaha, and then it eventually became an enclave, like surrounded by Omaha, but it was a different town. I think Omaha might have been Lincoln, regardless, Nebraska. Um, and so then the city absorbed it, and it was no longer – uh, city anymore um, because it had been absorbed and part of the reason for that was because all of the city services were already be, being taken care of by Omaha um, and so again like it, it it just goes to where the property tax levies go where where are the revenues going to go um, thank you I've always wanted to call about property taxes bye crunch crunch hi uh, I had to pause to answer Lee Ryan's very important uh whale and dolphin question uh yes they do speak in different accents in fact some orcas which are the world's largest dolphins uh that share habitats and share waters and come from the same place have 
dialects that are so different that they might even be mutually unintelligible. So, um, yeah, there you go, Lee Ryan. You, you were really onto something. You start your citation research right away. Get, get on there. Uh, crunch, crunch, women don't belong in balloons. Uh, me in America's wa- largest indoor water park. Bye.